This is Baja SAE Shop Talk, the official podcast of the Baja SAE series. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Baja SAE Shop Talk. I'm Amanda Petrakowski, University Program Developer at SAE International, and today we're going to be talking to Joe, Brett, and Daryl from the Baja SAE National Tech Inspector Team. We're going to be talking about how to manage the tech inspection process, a little bit about project management, some ways to make your life a little bit easier through the process. First, thanks everyone for being with us. I know we're getting closer to competition. There's documents to review, but I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. So let's dive right in. At SAE, we love to argue that the competitions are engineering design competitions, but our student surveys consistently say that The biggest takeaway are the project management skills. We see it every day. We can pick out the top tier teams who will be pretty good at the dynamic events simply by seeing how prepared they are when they come to registration. I see the same thing in the tech line. We wanted to talk a little bit today with you guys about as former competitors and now as national tech inspectors, what are some of the ways that students can step back, pause, make the better decision ahead of time to make their tech inspection process on site in the tent go a little bit smoother. I figure we can start with maybe Joe, since you were the inspiration for this episode. Yeah. I mean, everybody always complains about tech, right? You're either super prepared for it or you're not. And like Amanda said, you know, you can, you know, the teams that are going to be prepared for it. And if you're prepared for tech, you're generally prepared for everything else. So making sure your, your vehicle's in in the best state possible for, for tech inspection it's going to set you up for success everywhere else. And, you know, it's it's not like you don't know what's going to be needed in tech. It's not, we, we publish a the tech sheet ahead of time, right? And Daryl puts a bunch of work into that. And it goes through every single thing that we're going to check in tech inspection. And so if, if you're going through that tech sheet um, ahead of time, like you're supposed to be. There's a little column there. It says team, and you're supposed to go through an initial that you checked every single thing on that tech sheet, and you actually check it. You're going to be in a, a better spot going into tech. It's probably a good practice to, you know, grab some of your freshmen or or just a, everybody on the team, maybe if you have a small team, and just give them all a tech sheet and say independently tech this car, and you know, if you get to a line that says something that you're not sure if you pass, don't just sign it off and say, that's ah, probably fine, right? Because if you're saying it's probably fine, if me, Daryl, or Brett get your, your car and we look at it and say, mm, it's probably not fine, right? So if you don't think it's fine, maybe address it, maybe go back and read the rules. The rule that each line of the tech sheet is tied to is over there on the left under section. So it's not even a question of where that rule is coming from, right? You can go right back to the rule book and and look up uh, exactly where that rule is coming from and read the rule and make sure you understand where it's coming from, what it's exactly it's supposed to be. And, you know, maybe do this throughout the, the build process. And it's that way, if you, if you don't understand a rule, you have time to submit a rules question. Yeah, I guess I can add a couple things in there too that I, that I was kind of thinking of as Joe was talking. Um, so yeah, definitely a great idea to have, uh, have maybe a, a third party go through 
through your car. Sometimes the teams are so involved in the design and the build that it's easy to just gloss over something and look at it and say, well, you know, that's the same as we did it last year. Or or you just you look at it so many times that you don't really think about the fact that maybe it doesn't meet the rule. So it's a really good idea to ha- have maybe like, you know, your faculty advisor or, you know, um, some of your shop staff or something like that do kind of a cold eyes review and, and kind of look at it the way the tech inspectors would as someone who's never really, uh, you know, gotten into the details of your car before. Actually, a good one might be, you know, if, if your school has both Baja and Formula, maybe grab a couple of Formula guys, evil as they may be, uh, grab a couple of Formula guys, give them the tech sheets and just ask them to tech your car because they're familiar enough with the idea behind a tech inspection, but they're not necessarily intimately familiar with Baja or your car and they're not emotionally attached to your car so they can be more independent. Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess one other thing. So when you Joe mentioned the uh, the rule numbers on uh, kind of the left column of the tech sheets, uh, you'll notice that some of those are bolded. And those are kind of the ones that we've identified as sort of the uh, really easy things to have right. So if you're in tech inspection and, and you get three of those bolded items kind of wrong, typically we'll kick you out of line because we don't have time to work with teams that show up unprepared, basically. Um, so, if, you know, if you show up without your safety equipment or, uh, you know, you, you don't have your fire extinguisher mounted or something like that, you'll notice a bunch of those things are bolded um, and we'll, uh, we'll typically kick you out of tech for, for missing three of those. Yeah, and it's not that we're trying to be mean. It's that we don't have, we don't have time to, to spend going through and basically telling you how to build your car again, right? We have 100 teams to get through and... You know, they all need to be teched and, and it's much easier to tech the cars that are prepared. So if you, if you come to us in the really busy first day and your car is not ready for tech, uh, unfortunately we, we just, we'll end up kicking you out. Like Brett said, uh, with a couple misses because we don't have time to go through and find that every single thing is wrong, uh, with your car. So make sure it's not wrong. Yeah. This year we'll have two competitions where there will be at least 110 teams. So I would imagine the tech team will be a little bit uh, more strict about moving teams out that just aren't prepared. I still remember the first time I saw a team kind of pulled off to the side in the tech tent. And I asked Adam what that team was doing. And he told me they didn't fill out their pre-check. So teams are either going to do it uh, at home in your shop ahead of time where you can fix it, or they're going to do it pulled aside in the tech tent when they're wasting valuable time that they could be doing all the things that need to be done at competition. So one way or the other, they have to do it. It's just a matter of whether they're going to be smart enough to take the time to do it ahead of time, really. Yeah, and remember that for doing it ahead of time, that first sheet of the technical inspection sheet is supposed to be signed by your team captain, your faculty advisor, uh, and the tech inspector, which we'll do. But the team captain and faculty advisor has to be signed off before you come to tech, which says that the team captain went through that whole that whole document, the whole tech inspection sheet, and they think that the car is ready. And the faculty advisor went through the car, and they think that the car is ready. I mean, that's that's what those signatures mean. We really want you to pass, right? We don't. Every and this comes up on like every episode where we talk about tech inspection. But tech inspectors are not out to get you, right? We're there to make sure your car is safe, and we would love it if every single car came through and passed on their first pass through tech inspection, because then we could go out and, you know, watch the event. You know, we all did Baja. We all enjoy sitting around watching cars break on suspension attraction. That's fun. That's, that's kind of why we still enjoy going to these things is, is watching the cars and being involved with the event. I'd rather not be stuck in the tech tent, teching cars five times in a row 
because they can't get it right. So if you if you go through and make sure that your car is ready before it comes into tech and it is ready and we can pass you on your first pass through, that's awesome. I love it when a car comes through and passes on its first time through. Yeah, there's a myth out there that we have to find something on your car, and that's false. There's many teams that pass on the first try, uh, even some teams that are first in line because they know they're prepared. Yeah, and then, and that's that's the way you want to be, right? You want to be the team that shows up to tech, passes on your first time through, can go back to their trailer and just hang out because, you know, you don't want to be scrambling. You know, there's some excitement in scrambling, but it's a lot better to be able to just hang out and, and watch the event and not be worrying about rebuilding your car. And this is one thing that's in the control of teams, right? Yeah. You can't control if you're going to break on the suspension course and have to go back to your paddocks and fix something. But you can control all the way up until the point that you get through tech inspection. Right. So take the time to be prepared. Do it now. And like you said, all of a sudden that stress level really goes down where one thing that breaks doesn't set you over the edge stress wise. Yeah. And, and some of that comes from, you know, the really common stuff that gets missed, you know, teams leave drip pans and splash pans and powertrain guarding to the last minute at their own peril. Right. You got to plan that stuff out. Cause that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing that really catches teams out at the last minute, but it's not like it's, it's not like it's hard to check that stuff, you know, when, t- when a car rolls into tech inspection and it has no powertrain guarding whatsoever, it's just kind of a collective sigh from the tech inspection team. Because if you don't have powertrain guarding, you probably missed a bunch of other stuff. So all it, all it takes is a little bit of being prepared uh, and, and planning ahead. And then, you know, we all know that schedules get tight towards towards the end, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you roll in on, on day one in the morning and and you have no powertrain guarding, you're already in the, the mindset of text to be like, okay, well, this team is going to miss half the stuff on the sheet because you don't have the basics. Yeah, for sure. Another one that uh, it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine is uh, if a team shows up and it, it's kind of, you know, our expectation is that you actually go through and, you know, check and initial all the items on the tech sheet. Sometimes if someone rolls with just check marks right down the page, you know, it's usually a pretty good indicator they didn't actually uh, didn't actually check. And another one, like, there's almost always some things on the tech sheets that are not applicable to your team. Like, you know, there's items on there for mid-engine cars, you know, reverse light and stuff like that for teams that might not have reverse. If you've kind of just blasted through and checked off all those, um, you kind of treat it like the uh, like the brown M&Ms to Van Halen. Like, um, it's it's a pretty good indicator. You probably didn't didn't really scrutinize the rest of the sheet that well. So it, it means that we have to go through in that much more detail to make sure you really did. This generation has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. I don't know. Some stuff doesn't quite trickle through the border. <laughs> okay, I'll tell the story then. Uh, so basically, I, I guess when when Van Halen started the tour, they had like bigger, more elaborate light shows and stuff than most bands in history. And a lot of the venues they played at weren't really uh, well equipped to to support all their all their gear. So what they started doing was they put in their rider that in their uh, in their dressing room they wanted a bowl of M and M's, but with no brown M and M's. And uh, it was something that they used as kind of an indicator because if they went into the dressing room and there were brown M&Ms, they knew that the the venue probably didn't really fully read the contract the way they were supposed to. Um, uh. And so so they would do kind of a full uh, overview or like full review of, of kind of all the safety stuff at the uh, at the venue. That's clever. 
Yeah. I really like it when I get a tech sheet and the team has put like NA against stuff because it means that they actually read that line and said, For sure. oh, that doesn't apply to my car. Right. That's a good indicator that you actually read the tech sheet. Yeah. yeah. Pencil whipping the tech sheet is obvious, even though you might think you're uh, pretty trick and uh, could get something biased. Yeah. But uh, speaking of paperwork, just like any submittal for work uh, or any kind of other form, keep your tech sheets in good shape. Don't bend, don't bend them. Don't fold them. Don't tear them. Don't you know, we staple ask, them. <laughs> we ask you don't staple them. Don't uh, them on both sides. Yeah, so it's okay to print twice as many pages as your computer lab uh, wants you to print. Just go down to Kinko's. Uh, and back to making sure you check every item, uh, one thing that we did uh, was we hosted a design review on campus, and we invited all the engineering professors uh, to come out and scrutinize the design and then uh, requested a couple of them stay behind and help go through the tech sheets. And so that was good prep uh, once the car was built. And then we would always review it before we left and reviewed it once again on site. From our perspective, as someone who's not sitting inside the tech tent, there's things that come even before this with the paperwork. I usually have a list, a running list at registration of teams that have printers in the paddock because there are at least half a dozen teams every year, every competition who don't print out a tech sheet. I continue to be amazed by this. Um, and that's why I bring it up every time we talk about tech or encourage a tech inspector to bring it up because that is the simplest thing, taking handle ahead of time. It's literally downloading a PDF, printing it out correctly. So what are the rules of printing out the tech sheet? Print single-sided and horizontal. Don't staple and bring them to tech. And there's, you're not going to get much sympathy if you forgot to print your tech sheet because, sorry, that's, that's like the basics. And make, and make sure it's this year's tech sheet. Like, don't, don't accidentally grab last year's or, or 2013's off of your, uh, your network drive at, at school and print that one out, assuming that it hasn't changed in the past four years. Right. So the, we're currently on Rev A, published January 12th, 2017. Right. So don't show up with the Rev NC or Rev Dash or whatever we use. So the other thing that uh, I wanted to talk about on this on this podcast was something that comes up in the, the surveys every year, uh, which is tech and design happen on the same day. And that always leads to conflicts for a couple teams, right? There's always, we always get teams who are in tech and they're like, oh, crap, crap. We have to go to our, our design uh, judging in five minutes and we're already going to be late and oh, God. Can we get back in line for tech? Nope, you can't. There is some planning, however, that you can do ahead of time to avoid being in that scenario. And part of the planning requires this statistic, which will give you some timing advice. So we generally see 100 cars before lunch, which is to say we can cycle through the entire field once before lunch on Friday. So that gives you kind of the rate that that tech is checking cars. You know, if if you know when your design slot is, you can base when you want to get in line for engine check to get your tech number to figure out when you want to go to tech, right? 
if you've got a design appointment at 8 a.m. or 8.30, whenever uh, design starts, maybe you don't want to be tech number one, right? So maybe you don't want to be first in line for engine check. Maybe you want to be back towards the back of engine check um, so that you can have time to, you know, you show up, you go to your design meeting, and then you get in line for for tech, and we're probably not at your number yet. You know, it's you're going to have your design competition, or your design judging from 830 to 8.50 or whatever it is, and then you can go get in line for, for tech. But if you're tech number one and your design is at 8.30, that's probably poor decision making, right? So consider timing to get through tech, how long we can process cars. Again, we do about 100 cars before lunch, so 100 cars in a couple hours. Factor that into your planning on when you want to get in line for tech inspection. And maybe that means you don't just go jump in line for tech inspection. Maybe that means you you wait a little bit to get your tech number. If you do a little prior planning, you can be ready for design. And and part of that too is, you know, planning to only go through tech once, right? If if you only have to go through tech once, you're free to not have any conflicts with uh, design. Well, you can always get another tech number. If you have to get pulled out of line the tech line that is, to go to design, send somebody over to grab another tech number. That way, by the time you're probably through with design, your uh, new tech number will be close to being up. If you end up being in a jam, you know, yeah, go pull a new tech number. Uh, Do we let teams trade? No. No? No trading tech numbers. Yep, no trading your tech number, and you can't have two tech numbers at once. The rule that... I operate the tech line by is for tech number 28. As long as tech number 29 hasn't rolled over the transponder line, you're not late. So if that second number does come close to your design time, don't freak out unless you're late. Have a team member sitting by the entrance to tech, communicating to whoever is managing the tech line and you know, make sure your team knows that they need to hustle. There's no reason to freak out about it. I talk to so many teams who are stressing about things that haven't even happened yet and all the possibilities of the way things that can go wrong in the tech line and with tech numbers. It is not that hard. Come and get a tech number after you go through Briggs. Like Joe has already talked about, try to game that number so that you're not putting yourself in a unnecessarily stressful position and then go from there be prepared try to get through tech the first time this is the number one rule i i think i can contribute to this podcast is throughout the tech process you're going to be talking to a lot of people from me holding the clipboard although hopefully the clipboard's gone this year more information on that later to the honda representative who's checking helmets to the frame guys all the way out to final tech inspection. Speak respectfully to all of them. Nothing puts me in a more stressful place than a team that comes up to me freaking out and talking a mile a minute and shoving their tech sheet in my face or the worst, not having their tech sheet at all and they have to run back to their paddock, get the tech sheet, come back and everyone's already stressed out. Um, So that's one easy project management tip is just speak to these people like they're your employer. As you know, 
everyone else that you're going to talk to aside from me in that process is a volunteer and they are spending their time away from their family, their vacation time. They come and tech your car. As tech inspector and uh, organizer for Baja California, I, I will say that if you're not happy with my job performance, I'm happy to refund you all of the money I've been paid to do it. Yeah, exactly. And even after having a difficult team pass through, everyone I speak to, every volunteer I speak to loves coming to competition and doing what they do. So attitude is everything when it comes to high stress situations at Baja. And it's exactly the same way in industry and in the real world. So, yeah, I'll agree. I'll follow up on that with um, uh, a lot of students that are in line are probably that are leading the team that are probably juniors or seniors looking for a job. And so those of us that have graduated and been out in the world, we may be looking for somebody. You never know when you're being interviewed. That was actually happening at, at RIT uh, last year. You know, there was a there was a company that was specifically asking about if we were seeing anybody, any student uh, team members that seemed like they'd be promising and were asking us to be on the lookout for them and get their names and pass them along to, to this company uh, for recruitment if we if we saw any standouts. And there were definitely a couple of people uh, I interacted with during tech inspection that I was impressed by that I made sure to pass along their name to get their name and pass it along to this company uh, for a, a possible job offer, job interview anyway. Yeah, great point. I know there are a few sponsors who sit a little bit for, far away from the front of the tech line and just watch. They can see everything they need to see before they go talk to a student from how they present themselves both to me, to Honda, the tech inspectors, how they're standing in line, the teams that have lookouts that are watching the tech numbers count down. That all makes a difference to an employer. Uh, it's an easy box to check. Again, everything we've talked about so far has been fairly low-hanging fruit. So if it's there, take it and worry about the hard stuff later. Worry about how you're going to fix something after you break it on course. Worry about how you're going to get back on track in endurance. Don't worry about what, where you're going to find a printer in Gorman, California when the you're closest can go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not going to find a printer. like 30 minutes away. Print out the text sheet ahead of time. Speak kindly to the volunteer from Honda who has 100 jobs that they're looking to fill. Well, a big part of managing any project is uh, kind of knowing the, the personalities and skill sets of your team. Um, and if you have uh, a, a team member or a team captain or whatever who who tends to be a little bit more hot headed or defensive when uh, when sort of questions are being asked, or maybe that person happened to be up all night working on the car the night before, that's probably not the best person to send through with your car and tech inspection. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be your team captain. Um, if you have someone who's a really good, clear communicator, sort of you know level headed and uh, and calm under stress, you know, utilize that resource to uh, to be the person you put through tech inspection. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't I don't want to deal with somebody who's going to be argumentative on every single point that I make, you know. If if I can point to something and say that's blatantly not against that's blatantly against the rules, don't don't argue with me about it. Just say, "Okay, we'll fix it," right? It's it'll make everybody's life a lot easier. Oh, one other thing I'll throw in here and maybe we could go through it uh broad topic by topic, but uh several years ago, we published a 
PDF document of a guide to successful Baja E Baja SAE technical inspection. So we covered a few topics in here, and a lot of it is, uh, like we said, low hanging fruit. And that document is available on the do- downloads page on BajaSAE.net. Correct. Uh, we will be trying to update it this year. Uh, however, a lot of stuff still applies. I, I guess yeah. that is maybe one thing to talk about it if teams aren't aware is that uh, that the techs are typically split up. There are There is a group of us that does uh, the frame check and, and the rest of us that kind of do the rest of the tech sheets. So often uh, the frame guys will get asked questions about stuff that's later on the tech sheets or vice versa. Uh, and, and us saying, well, I don't know, I'm not a frame guy. doesn't necessarily mean that we're, uh, we're not a competent tech inspector. Uh, it just means that we're, uh, we're kind of split up based on our expertise. Yeah. We are, we, everybody has some stuff they, they can kind of specialize in. So they just know those rules better and, and frame has a, enough, uh, quirks to it that there's a, a selection of techs that just do frames so that they can focus on all those little quirks. One of my specialties is the driver safety uh, and harness. So a couple of items to touch on there. We require uh, a specific helmet rating, uh, a Snell rating. And um, a lot of times teams will go into a race shop and say, I need a Snell rated helmet. And the salespeople will see that they're in a hurry and they just want to get a quick sale. So they'll sell them. A helmet that might be DOT rated or unrated at all just to get a sale and get them through the door. We've seen that numerous times. So don't rely on salespeople to tell you whether or not your helmet is Snell rated. Take out the liner of the helmet and check for yourself. Another thing would be the harness, making sure that the shoulder straps are protected, making sure your anti-submarine belt is properly installed, and uh, that it's properly adjusted. These are all things that you can do ahead of time and that we don't want to be doing in the tech line. Yeah, and uh, actually one thing I just thought of um, that'll be important this year because I've dealt a lot with the fuel systems is uh, with the Model 19 engines that uh, everybody's going to be running this year, they don't come with a fuel tank, so everybody will be running the Model 20 fuel tank from last year, the old plastic one. And because... Those two don't go together. Every single team is going to have to have a remote-mounted fuel tank. So what that means is everybody's going to have to pay attention to the remote-mounted fuel tank rules. And all that stuff is is spelled out in the rules. Uh, there are specific fasteners that must be used. And they have to be on tabs of a certain size and on members of a certain type. So make sure that you're going through and that you're very familiar on how a remote-mounted fuel tank has to be mounted to the frame if you've never done a remote-mounted fuel tank. Another thing regarding uh, remote-mounted fuel tanks, especially since a lot of people are going to, everyone will be required to have one this year, is the fuel lines, uh, making sure they're routed properly uh, away from hot engine parts in a manner that they're not going to be abraded or chafed. And another thing is making sure that uh, they're not under tension the entire time. We have seen tanks shake off their mounts and uh, essentially rip the fuel line off of a fitting and spill fuel everywhere. Yeah, make sure there's enough slack in your fuel line. Make sure it's not gonna, and make sure there's not too much slack in your fuel line, right? So you don't want it, you don't want it super tight against the frame, but you also don't want it uh, just totally flopping around. And also, if you're doing a removable fuel tank, so it's in a box. Remember that that box has to be mounted to the frame 
with the same type of rules as uh, a remote mounted fuel tank. So just because it's a box doesn't mean it can't be poorly mounted. The box has to be mounted like a remote mounted fuel tank. There was actually a tech bulletin on that last year uh, on how to how to mount your how to mount the removable fuel tank box. You know, another thing we see, uh, and it's hard to watch when you see a team get through tech inspection. They've got their tech sticker. It might be 2 p.m. on dynamic day, so the only hope they have is maybe acceleration and the endurance race. But you see teams struggling with the brake check. Without fail, every year, you see at least two or three teams per event that are struggling with air in the lines or a damaged master cylinder that can't be replaced on site. These are all things under control of the team but before they get to the event so having some spare brake parts you know making sure you design your car with parts that you can get all throughout the country and routing your brake lines such that they don't trap air that's correct and then i think uh i think we've covered a lot in this episode already but uh, i think we can probably st- start wrapping up but one thing i would say is make sure you bring electrical tape duct tape and zip ties and things to cut zip ties. Panduit makes a great cable tie cutter for about 30 bucks. I use them at work and they leave absolutely no sharp edge. Uh, Speaking of cable ties, I have heard of people being fired from NASCAR teams for leaving sharp edges on cable ties. So there you have it. Yeah. To add to Joe's list too, any tools you need to, uh, to remove guards or anything like that. Like if you, uh, if you're, if you're drivetrain guards or your um, any, any kind of guards, like inside the cockpit, uh, shielding over top of steering links and stuff like that. Uh, if you need tools to take that stuff off to show it to us, uh, make sure that's, that's with you in tech inspection too. Yeah. The powertrain guards in particular factor that in, in your design too. You know, if you have to take your whole car apart to take the, CVT cover off, maybe rethink that, or at least have a plan. Uh, do, you, do you guys have any suggested reading? Uh, I was going to say the Carol Smith uh, Prepare to Win, Engineer to Win, and the Fastener Handbook. Uh, my, re- my recommended reading is the 2017 Baja SAE Tech Sheet and the 2017 Baja SAE Series Rules. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. <laughs> You should read those and then read them again and then read them again. Okay, so we've covered a lot of material today. There is no excuse for teams, a single team, to show up without a tech sheet, printed double-side, in the wrong orientation, on purple paper. Daryl, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think uh, just besides the, the golden rule, you know, do unto others. Uh, having a good attitude is going to get you pretty far. Read the tech sheet. I think those guys pretty much covered it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Before I issue my challenge, I want to, for those of you who have been listening this season, we're switching things up at the very end of each episode and asking guests a question that's not necessarily on topic. So today I want to ask each of you which your favorite dynamic event is both when you were a competitor and now just to watch as a spectator. Joe? Uh, I mean, suspension and traction is always the favorite, I think, just because 
it's the most dynamic, I think, of all of them. You know, it, it's a little bit of maneuverability and it's a lot of bit of heavy duty suspension uh, challenge. And, you know, it breaks cars. So was that your favorite as a competitor? Uh, no, because it breaks cars. <laughs> My favorite as a competitor was, uh, and we haven't done it in a while, but uh, there were a couple years where we did a mud bog. That was a lot of fun. I think we did last one, I think, was in 2006. Does that sound right, guys? Uh, there was a mud bog in Wisconsin in 2009. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was after my time. But yeah, that was always a fun event. And currently, as a tech inspector to watch? Probably rock crawl. I really enjoy land maneuverability. I think that I think that helps identify the cars that'll do good in the endurance race and suspension and traction event. That's a real challenge to design a good suspension that'll uh, get through land maneuverability. And actually, I'll have one. I'll have one go back and say that as as California organizer, the California hill climb is pretty gnarly, so it's pretty fun to watch that. I was surprised you didn't go there, but you didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to issue a challenge. We've put out several videos, several podcasts now about tech inspection. And I'm going to get a list of them and uh, link them all on Facebook. But I would love to see the number of teams that pass in the first try double for this year. So I was just looking at the stats and we'll have to get an official stat, but we're looking at about 20 teams that need to pass in the first try. You guys have an extra the week this year with California being the third week in April. And we have quite a few teams that are going to all three competitions. So the overall rate of passing on the first try, let's make it double. Yep, don't forget you've got the Baja Rules service that uh, if you have any questions, submit pictures, have a good description. There's the forums you can make use of and talk to your uh, engineering professors and get them to look at the car. We look forward to seeing everyone in California. I don't know, Joe, what's our countdown? Ugh, too soon. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Baja SAE Shop Talk. As always, we want to hear from you, so email BajaSAE at SAE.org. The show notes for this episode, as well as all others, can be found at www.BajaSAE.net slash podcast. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next episode. Hi, everyone. Joe Batwinis, lead organizer for Baja SAE California here. Just wanted to chime in to let you all know that we're currently selling t-shirts for the 2017 event. Uh, Last year, the t-shirts were super popular and we sold a bunch of them after the fact, but we wanted to make sure that you all have a chance to buy them ahead of time this year. Last year, we didn't sell any on-site. We sold them after the event. This year, we do not plan to sell any on-site. So if you want one, you should buy one ahead of time. You'll be able to pick it up at the event or have it shipped to your location. So if you're not actually coming to the event, but you still want a t-shirt, you can still do that. If you'd like to order a t-shirt, you can go to www.booster.com slash 2017 Baja SoCal. Again, that's booster.com slash 2017 Baja SoCal. And you can find that link on the Baja SAE forums, as well as on the Baja SAE Facebook and Twitter pages. Again, we do not plan on selling the shirts on site at the event. So if you want one, you should order it now. All right. Thanks.